is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, lot to cover this evening. I hope you'll stick with us. I want to start with impeachment. I don't know what it's going to take. I really don't. To try and shake some sense into our Republican friends in the House. I'm not one to typically hammer away at the Republicans in the House. They're far superior to the Republicans in the Senate as a group. But that said, ladies and gentlemen, there are impeachable offenses committed by this president that punch you right in the nose. That every American can understand. That affects every American directly, some indirectly. When you listen to some of my friends on TV or on radio go through a long iteration of monies that were given to the Biden family, you need to understand that the vast majority of Americans, their eyes glaze over. That doesn't mean it shouldn't be pursued constitutionally through impeachment, doesn't mean it shouldn't be pursued criminally. But you're selling impeachment, which is not a criminal process, the removal of a president of the United States, and when you have an overwhelming case that is understandable to Mr. and Mrs. America, why don't you use it? Now what's Mark talking about now? It's only a matter of time until everybody repeats it on radio and TV and maybe some in Congress. I hope so. Here's my point. I explained it briefly on Hannity. I'm going to explain it at great length on Sunday on Life, Liberty, and Levin. And by the way, four great guests Saturday and Sunday. Dershowitz, David Schoen, Leo Terrell, Richard Goldberg. These are 
fantastic guest for fantastic issues. But it'll be the last weekend shows for Life, Liberty, and Levin until the new year. We'll have some specials that are fantastic because I just finished working on them. But this weekend is the last live two shows until next year. So I encourage you to set your DVR, your smart TV, or whatever you do. Back to the point. President of the United States, for reasons I've explained, is violating the Constitution and his oath of office by not just defying our immigration laws, obliterating our immigration laws and their purpose. You say, what's going on on the southern border is outrageous. Yes, it is. It's also unconstitutional that he won't enforce the immigration laws. He doesn't get to change them by executive fiats, executive orders, and so forth, or or blowing off the law, you don't need depositions, you don't need subpoenas, you don't need documents, you don't need texts, you don't need witnesses. It's just a fact of Biden regime policy. That there's mayhem in the humanity of an unimaginable level taking place on the southern border. Now you know it's really, really bad, because most of the corrupt Democrat Party media won't cover it. Or they cover it in a little... You know, swing into it and then swing out of it. But Americans are dying by the tens of thousands because of open borders, drugs. People are being physically abused and raped and sold into sex slavery. Women and children, elementary school age children. We don't control the southern border. That's our sovereignty. That's our country. This is by intent. This is purposeful. This is part of an ideological agenda. People say, let us impeach the head of DHS. Now, why waste your time? He's doing what Biden tells him to do. So they have an impeachment inquiry resolution that passed with every Republican for it and every Democrat against it. I read the resolution such as it is. It's very broad, and it certainly would allow the House of Representatives to consider this issue as part of an impeachment report. This should be Article 1. Article 1 in an impeachment of Joe Biden. Article 2. without any constitutional authority whatsoever. In fact, worse. In violation of a Supreme Court ruling. In fact, worse. Undermining separation of powers by seizing the power of the purse from Congress. Joe Biden, with a magic wand, cost the American Treasury half a trillion dollars in student loan forgiveness, quote-unquote. Student loan forgiveness. The president does not have the power to seize that authority from Congress. He defied a Supreme Court ruling. He and his administration went around two branches of the federal government under our Constitution. One that has complete control over the purse. The other that was asked to rule on it and did. And Joe Biden still stole Half a trillion dollars out of the treasury. 
to try and pay off part of his base. That's a clear violation of his oath of office. And it's a clear violation of his responsibility to take care that the laws of the United States are executed. That's impeachment article number two. Impeachment article number three. The main responsibility of a commander-in-chief, that is the president, is America's national security. That's why he has the commander-in-chief title and responsibility. He is the executive branch. When the commander-in-chief knowingly and actively is providing aid financial support, diplomatic cover for a terrorist regime that has killed American soldiers, that has kidnapped Americans, that as I speak is trying to kill more American soldiers and attack American bases in the Middle East, that is funding terrorist organizations like Hamas, Hezbollah, the Houthis, and many more. When the President of the United States specifically hires an envoy who's a special pleader for the Iranian regime, and that envoy in turn hires people, one of whom may well be a spy, that envoy who so bad had his clearance revoked by the Biden administration. Under cover of darkness, they won't tell us why. But when the President of the United States institutes waivers, on a regime that ensures that tens of billions of dollars will pour into its coffers, that in turn takes that money and helps build weapons for Russia to attack Ukraine, that has built an alliance with North Korea, built an alliance with communist China, and is funding all this terrorism, these attacks on Americans, when a president of the United States rearms this regime, rearms it, Regime that targeted our former Secretary of State, our former National Security Advisor for assassination. These are collectively an impeachable offense. It's a high crime. Article 1, Article 2, Article 3 are high crimes. What's a high crime? The framers looked, and among other things, English common law. That's where they came up with the idea of impeachment to begin with. They read it. They looked at it. And what did it say? It said that an individual who takes an oath and is thereby in a unique position of authority who can affect the well-being of a society, who takes steps or fails to take steps, to secure that society has committed a high crime. That's what the word high means in that context. In other words, it's a constitutional violation. Joe Biden has done that on immigration. He's done that on the power of the purse. He's done that as a commander in chief who is funding our enemy. Article 3 is the third priority for impeachment. 
Article 1, Article 2, Article 3 in the Mark Levin impeachment are completely understandable by Mr. and Mrs. America. Let the Democrats and the media and the other members of the Praetorian Guard circle their wagons and try and protect their president. They will fail. These are black and white issues. These are good and bad issues. These are good and evil issues, right and wrong issues. And in every case, there's no need for subpoenas, documents, texts, phone records, witnesses. It's a matter of policy, the official policy of the Biden regime to do these things. To do these things. And then you can have Article uh, 4, which is discussed endlessly on cable, where the one, two, or three chairmen of the various committees are brought in, where they speak quickly and talk about Evan uh, Archer and Devin Archer and this, that, and the other. They have a very strong case, I think, against Biden. Apparently Chuck Grassley can't see it, but then again, that's not the standard. But Chuck Grassley can see Mark's Article 1. Chuck Grassley can see Mark's Article 2. Chuck Grassley can see Mark's Article 3. And it becomes an imperative, an obligation of members of Congress who also take a different oath of office, but one that is close enough to the oath that the president takes. That they have an absolute obligation to vote an impeachment and indictment of Joe Biden for the deaths, the rapes, the chaos, the economic consequences, what happens in our schools, law enforcement, with illegal immigration. They have an absolute obligation to prevent a president of the United States from seizing power under our Constitution from another branch of government. They have an absolute obligation to impeach, indict, and really remove an American commander-in-chief who is subsidizing, who is funding our enemy. Neville Chamberlain appeased Hitler, peace in our time. But he didn't send funds to Hitler. He didn't send funds to Hitler's surrogates. He didn't subsidize Hitler by lifting waivers on sanctions. He didn't subsidize Hitler through international organizations. But that's exactly what Joe Biden is doing. The Islamo-Nazis in Tehran, in Gaza, in Lebanon, in Yemen, and all around the world. The American people see it and can understand it. Even those who aren't focused on politics. Article 4. The issues being discussed on the Hill and on cable and radio. They can't follow that. And when you have Democrats in the media. Really gumming up the works. Claiming there's nothing here. Lying about it. Covering it up. Makes it even harder. Again. It should in fact be Article 4 of impeachment. 
because the Biden sold Big Daddy's office. They made over $30 million. And if people don't want to believe that, they're blind to it. But people will believe and do understand the first three articles. I am pleading this case over and over and over again to the Republicans. Get your act together. You've got a strong, strong case if you do it right. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Mark Levin here, folks, with essential information about a possible digital dollar and its impact on IRAs and 401ks. Educate yourself before a digital dollar comes with Augusta Precious Metals' downside of the digital dollar report. Created due to popular demand, this report is packed with important digital dollar insights. Best of all, it shares a strategy smart investors have used to hedge against economic uncertainties like the digital dollar. Act now to learn more with Augusta Precious Metals. Do it for your financial future. Receive the free downside of the digital dollar report today by texting LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text LEVIN to 68592 or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text aid and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. You know, when you meet Lindsey Graham, very likable gentleman, very likable guy. But sometimes our friend Lindsay says and does pretty stupid stuff. Doesn't mean he's not a nice guy. Doesn't even mean his intentions are bad. But I watched a video where he was praising the hell out of Qatar. Qatar is a monarchy, in effect. Uh, It is run by inbreds is a fake country that was created by, I guess, Britain, not that long ago. It funds Hamas. It has protected the Hamas leadership. It funds Al Jazeera. Why would you praise these bastards? Mark Levin here, folks, with essential information about a possible digital dollar and its impact on IRAs and 401ks. Educate yourself before a digital dollar comes with Augusta Precious Metals' downside of the digital dollar report. Created due to popular demand, this report is packed with important digital dollar insights. Best of all, it shares a strategy smart investors have used to hedge against economic uncertainties like the digital dollar. Act now to learn more with Augusta Precious Metals. Do it for your financial future. Receive the free downside of the Digital Dollar Report today by texting LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text LEVIN to 68592 or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text aid and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Mark Levin, America's tyranny hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. 
You know, when we come back from the holidays, begin our new year, we may have to lead a Levin surge here to press the Republicans in the House to get this right. Sometimes I think they suffer from their own Stockholm Syndrome, Mr. Producer. They get so enmeshed and entrenched in their own weeds that they can't see the forest. Again, for the 4,000th time, I'm not saying they shouldn't pursue the selling of Joe Biden's office. It's very, very important. But there's three things they're overlooking that should be priorities in any impeachment investigation. And they're there. They're, 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 they're low-hanging fruit. And the impact that these things are having on the American people, it's significant. It's very significant. You know, Jim Trusty is a friend of mine. Before I knew Jim, I would watch him from time to time on, uh, on Fox. I often said, who is this guy? He's damn good. And he is damn good. And he has his own blog, which is also damn good. And it's ifralaw.com, I-F-R-A-H law.com. And there's a piece on there today that I saw, and I'm going to read this to you. In most U.S. district courts, the trial date for a defendant who is not incarcerated is typically many months and often easily over a year from the time of his or her initial appearance after indictment. Many trials are resolved by plea agreements without ever having set a real trial date. There's lip service to the constitutional notion of a speedy trial. The easily avoidable clock ticking under a statutory speedy trial framework, but of the single-digit small percentage of cases that actually proceed to trial, most wait 12 to 18 months or more, depending on the complexity for the actual onset of the trial. The scheduling of former President Trump's criminal case in Washington, however, is shaping out to be quite different than almost any other prosecution in American history. The guarantee of a speedy trial has its origins in the notion that the government should not lock up individuals who are presumed innocent and have them detained for months or years before given an opportunity to exonerate themselves. It can be a Pyrrhic victory indeed for a defendant to serve a couple of years in jail to win a trial and learn that the maximum penalty for the crime was less than what he actually already served in a pretrial setting. And while there is a largely academic public so-called right to a speed of trial, the heart of the protection lies with the defendant. Enter the machinations within U.S. versus Donald Trump At the August scheduling conference for this insurrection without charging insurrection case, beautifully put, Jack Smith pushed for jury selection in December in a trial in January. Trump's team asked for a highly improbable mid-2026 start date. But Judge Chunkin settled on March 4, 2024, the day before Super Tuesday primary, and a date markedly closer to Smith's high-speed suggestion. Defense counsel noted that there were millions of pages of discovery materials to sift through and that they could not be 
ready that quickly. And by the way, they have a right to put on their own case, too. So that's just dealing with the government's part of the case. Not even their part of the case. But the judge displayed no sympathy for their position, at least that early into the case. And she announced an unwillingness to let a defendant's professional obligations for political aspirations in this case serve as a basis for a delay. By contrast, in South Florida, Judge Aileen Cannon has taken a more typical, incremental approach to the Mar-a-Lago documents case scheduling. She's concerned the process of sifting through classified materials for use at trial, SEPA procedures, is going slowly. So while she set a trial date for next year, she's also suggested that the date is not in stone. Because she's treating it like a case, a real case. The parties will come back in court in March to give her a progress report, and presumably at that point, a final trial date will be set. Judge Cannon has also suggested that it is entirely appropriate for her to consider the calendars of all the parties when it comes to setting a trial date. And he says, for my 23 years in federal courts, that desire to set a collectively acceptable trial date is the norm, not the exception. So what's going on in D.C. is the exception in every respect. Meanwhile, back in D.C., the defense raised the issue of presidential immunity, which was shot down by Judge Trunkin in her December 1st order. Six days later, the defense appealed the ruling to the Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit. Typically, the Court of Appeals ruling would not likely come before early March's trial date. Consequently, the prosecutors did something quite unusual. As they calculated the calendar of the appeal, they asked the Supreme Court to jump in and make a ruling without waiting for the intermediary court's decision. The express reason for the petition, which was granted this week, that's outrageous, by the way, was to do everything possible to keep the March 4 trial date. And in explaining the need for expedited Supreme Court involvement, Smith and his lawyers wrote, quote, Nothing could be more vital to our democracy than that a president who abuses the electoral system to remain in office is held accountable for criminal conduct, unquote. Flowery and pejorative language aside, the quote does not explain the obsessive need that the case take place on the eve of Super Tuesday. More directly, the government later explains its basis as, quote, the public interest in a broad sense, as well as the constitutional guarantee of a speedy trial, unquote. I, for one, am not overly comfortable with the Department of Justice prosecutors authoritatively declaring the public's interest. We talked about this. But more fundamentally, we have to ask why in this case, and really this case only, has Merrick Garland's special counsel continuously pushed for such an early trial date? Is the prosecution's keen interest in a speedy trial one of principle or one of politics? Now, the underlying issue itself, whether prosecution of a former president for allegations during his presidency is constitutionally permissible, or whether there's a way to carve up immunity between core responsibilities and conduct essentially unrelated to holding office is an interesting and important one. And the Supreme Court is poised to make a historic and apparently expedited decision. But lost in the procedural shuffle is a Department of Justice level of aggression and an apparently similar sentiment from the trial judge that is propelling a complicated, unique, and historic prosecution along an unnecessarily fast 
track. Whatever the verdict and any outcome on the appeal, a rush to convict and imprison a presidential candidate before the election will cause more systemic damage to our criminal justice system than would displays of fairness and patience. Very well said. Now let me take the baton from there. That's the process. He's 100% right. Now let me go to the substance. What is this issue? Well, Jack Smith is always pushing the edge of the envelope. He's always looking for ways to twist the law, to creatively apply a law that doesn't apply, like the Klansman Act. He's always putting courts in a position to make fundamental decisions. And in the case of the district court in Washington, and quite frankly, the circuit panel, two Obama appointees, one Biden appointee, are more than happy to go along. So what's at stake? According to Judge Chunkin, Donald Trump's not a king. And just because he was president and made some decisions when he was president doesn't mean he's immune from prosecution for making those decisions when he was president. Now think about that. Not only has that never been litigated, think about how dangerous that is. All because they're trying to convict him in Washington, D.C. using four preposterous statutes that have nothing to do with insurrection or seditious conspiracy, even though he's arguing the case, making the case for both without having been forced to prove it on these other charges that they're bringing. That, that is an abomination. But anything goes in Judge Chunkin's courtroom because she knows, well, maybe she'll be appealed in reverse, but it'll be okay because she, in her mind, is stopping Hitler. Worse than Hitler. But back to the point. The reason sitting presidents are not to be indicted, and there's several important reasons, it's not because the Constitution says it, because the Constitution doesn't say anything. It's because it's been agreed by Republican and Democrat Departments of Justice alike, attorneys general alike, and it's been agreed for more than half a century that you can't charge a sitting president because he is the executive branch. He's the third branch of government. You cannot allow unelected prosecutors, unelected judges, unelected trial juries to decapitate the executive branch. The president of the United States and the vice president of the United States are the only people in our body politic where the American people vote for as a whole population, not like a senator or a congressman or what have you. So number one, the thinking is you cannot allow a prosecutor or a judge to do such a thing that clearly violates the intention of the framers when they set up three branches of government. Number two, if you're just your typical defendant and you're charged of a crime, You fight for your life, you fight for your freedom, you fight for your reputation, you fight to keep your house. You have to be focused on it 100% of the time. You're up against the United States government. It has endless resources, endless prosecutors. It leaks like a sieve to the media. It's a frightening thing. 
Now, when you're president of the United States and you're indicted and they're trying to do that to you too, actually put you in prison while you're president of the United States, you have all these responsibilities to the country. You are the third branch of government. It's not all the bureaucracy. You're the third branch of government. You're the only person elected by the body politic as a whole. And the belief is, and it's correct, that you can't spend your time full time fighting for your liberty, fighting for your innocence, and at the same time serving as commander-in-chief and all the other responsibilities presented to a president of the United States. That's the second reason. Now I'll give you the third reason why a president has immunity which should carry forward to the ex-president under very specific circumstances. If you're president of the United States and the Supreme Court rules, whether in an expedited fashion or ultimately, that this immunity thing goes as far as the moment there's an inauguration of a new president. After that, you have none. Well, this is a, a decision, if that's the position, that confuses two points. President Trump isn't arguing that he has brand new immunities as an ex-president. That he can do anything he wants as an ex-president, or any ex-president could do anything they want and therefore can't be indicted. Yes, they can. But if you had immunities as president, and what the prosecutor is looking at is your, your decisions, your actions, when you were president of the United States, and the prosecutor says, those protections for those specific actions do not carry forward to when you are an ex-president of the United States, that is a completely different animal. You're not creating a new immunity on a new matter, on a new action. That doesn't make Trump or any ex-president a king. What it means is the incoming or different administration cannot now indict the prior president, maybe from a different party, for actions that he took as president that were immune for prosecution when he was president. Otherwise, you undermine the entire notion of immunity. A president will be looking over his shoulder all the time. A president won't know what he can or cannot do. He cannot predict what a Jack Smith will do, what a Judge Chunkin will do, what a Merrick Garland can do. You cannot know in advance. And they throw the Klansman Act, the Enron Obstruction Act, a Federal Contractor Act, and a president of the United States, a former president of the United States. Utterly unpredictable, utterly unprecedented. So any president wants an ex-president would be a sitting duck to the criminal justice system. Because that new administration might go through all the decisions that president made, including some controversial ones, including some they disagree with, and argue, excuse me, what you did in office was illegal. Now that you're not president, we're going to indict you. Now you can understand the disastrous impact that this can have. I'll be right back. 
Mutt Lupin. Mark Levin here, folks, with essential information about a possible digital dollar and its impact on IRAs and 401ks. Educate yourself before a digital dollar comes with Augusta Precious Metals' downside of the digital dollar report. Created due to popular demand, this report is packed with important digital dollar insights. Best of all, it shares a strategy smart investors have used to hedge against economic uncertainties like the digital dollar. Act now to learn more with Augusta Precious Metals. Do it for your financial future. Receive the free downside of the digital dollar report today by texting LEVIN to 68592. That's L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Again, text LEVIN to 68592 or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text aid and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Next hour, stick with me. I'm going to demonstrate how as a result of a decision by the circuit in Washington, D.C., Joe Biden could be subjected to hundreds, if not thousands, of civil lawsuits when he leaves office. (sighs) Mark, what do you mean? Stick with me, folks. This is cutting edge here. You can tell. I don't regurgitate what others say. They regurgitate what I say. Just stick with me. I'm going to explain how Joe Biden can be swamped, swallowed up, devoured by civil litigation. How he could lose everything he owns as a result of an outrageous decision by the circuit court in Washington, D.C., where they were trying to destroy Donald Trump's finances. Stick with me. I'm going to explain how Biden will be subjected to many civil suits when we return. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I want to remind you, we have a flash sale. No, we're not flashing. A flash sale. You know, the miscreants and malcontents who come on my site, I don't understand why they come on the site. Why bother? Oh, he must not be selling books. Ladies and gentlemen, we have sold hundreds and hundreds of thousands of books. I'm the number one conservative author in America year after year. It's not about selling books. We put these books aside for the holidays. They are limited edition. We're trying to price them in a way that you can enjoy them, not break your bank, and give them to family members. One category of the books has run out. 
Another category exists. I want to encourage you, if you're interested in having a first edition, limited edition, signed copy of the Democrat Party Hates America, this is your last chance. And it's 50% off until Sunday because they want to get the books to you in time for Christmas. It's a simple website link. And it's on my website, if you want to link directly. It's levinsigned.com. L-E-V-I-N signed.com. That's it. We have people who won't buy it if it's three bucks, so it doesn't matter. Now, what's interesting is the signed copy of the book, if you act now, before the end of the, the flash sale, is actually less expensive than buying it from Amazon, where it's like 40, 45% off, and it's not signed. So I wanted to bring that to your attention. If you wish to participate in that, I think it would be a great gift for patriots in your family, for Levinites in your family, conservatives, and also people who you're trying to persuade to leave that evil, damnable party. So it's available for you if you're interested. Uh, We've tried to make it as accessible to as many people as possible. I mean, this really was instigated because I said to the publisher, look, there are people out there who are hurting. They can't afford to buy a lot of stuff. I can't just go on the air and do this. Why don't we find a way to slash the price we have in advance, these signed editions. Why don't we do that? And they magnanimously said, yes, they're not making a ton of money off this. I don't think I'm making anything. It doesn't matter. So they're there. If you're interested, if you're not, it's okay. They're not going to be there long. I've been through this before. Certainly not with a flash sale. We've never had a flash sale. I've never even heard of a flash sale. 50% off, if you act now, at levinsigned.com, L-E-V-I-N signed.com. It's as simple as that. Now, Mark, you know, you had us hold on. You were going to tell us how Joe Biden's going to be sued. Let me explain. It's very simple. But these things are ignored by the media. They're even ignored by conservatives. Why? I don't know. But this is my area. This is my, my focus. It has been all my life. The circuit court in the District of Columbia, the appellate court, A panel on that court, typically a majority Democrat, because under Harry Reid and Obama, they expanded the court and they packed the court with Democrats. This is what they do. This is why a Republican, particularly a Donald Trump, really doesn't have a chance in that jurisdiction. So Donald Trump was sued. He was sued by a police officer who alleges that he was harmed on January 6th. He was sued by a member of Congress who alleges he was harmed on January 6th. Even though, despite all the investigations and the charges and so forth on the criminal side, there's simply no evidence that Donald Trump had anything to do linking him to any violence that occurred on January 6th. Nobody has been able to draw that conclusion other than to give a hyperbolic opinion 
like a Dizzy Lizzie chain or that, but there's nothing to support it. Nothing. In fact, the evidence is otherwise. You don't offer the National Guard if you're telling civilians to violently attack the Capitol building and on and on and on. I don't want to relitigate that, but here's the point. You would think, okay, look, you can't do that. Now that Trump's out of office, he can be sued. That kind of an allegation could be made, and the court ruled yes. Yes. If you can assert damages, material damages, and you have a colorable argument where you believe you can link Donald Trump to it, you have a right to your day in court. You believe that, Mr. Producer? So the Washington, D.C. Circuit Court, overwhelmingly Democrat, threw the door wide open and said, yes, you can sue Trump civilly, Mr. Police Officer, even though he never harmed you, even though he never told anybody to harm you, even though he's not charged with any kind of a violent crime or supporting any kind of a violent crime, you can make the allegation and you'll have standing and you can bring the lawsuit against Donald Trump. Oh, and so can you, Mr. Member of Congress. You can do the same thing. Wow. Really? So I got to thinking. Joe Biden's policies in violating the Constitution, federal immigration statutes, his policies of having a wide open border have created mayhem. Mayhem have cost people in the aggregate billions. Look at the property owners on the border and beyond, the ranchers, the damage that has been done, the criminality, the assaults, the stealing, the robbing. People have been killed, people have been raped, young people have died. From fentanyl. The border's wide open. We've never seen anything like this in American history. So I got to thinking. If it is the view of the. What's considered in a strange way. The second highest court in America. The circuit court in Washington D.C. It's not formally. But it's thought of that way. Because it hears all these cases involving the government. Well then that applies to Joe Biden. And in fact, it applies to Joe Biden much more directly than the ruling of that panel on that circuit court against Trump. What do I mean? Joe Biden's policies of having an open border are intentional. Joe Biden's policies of breaking immigration laws, as well as the Constitution, therefore, are intentional. Joe Biden knows that the consequences of his policies lead to violence and death, and so forth and so on. The statistics don't lie, and you're not blind to the video. Joe Biden has been asked over and over again, please uphold the immigration law, secure the border. He will not do it. There is a more direct and material link between Joe Biden and what he's doing and the anarchy and mayhem and so forth that's occurring in our country, on our southern border, and now our northern border. So anybody 
who has a colorable claim to damages, whether it's property damages, whether it is financial damages, whether it is physical damage to individuals, murder, rape, assault and battery, According to the D.C. Circuit Court, according to the Washington, D.C. Democrat Court, you have a cause of action, a civil cause of action with real damages against Joe Biden. That's what the court said. They didn't say only against Donald Trump. No, no, that's what the court said. And so I would encourage people out there when Joe Biden leaves by hook or by crook to consult a competent lawyer to look at the precedent that was created by the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals panel. Read the decision. And then cite it. And if competent counsel agrees competent counsel agrees sue him for damages in federal civil court as a matter of fact sue him in state court I mean that seems to be okay they brought a RICO case involving President Trump I'm sure in Georgia and elsewhere you can bring a civil case If they can bring a criminal case at the state level, you could probably bring a civil case against Joe Biden, I would argue. So the door is wide open now, Mr. Producer. Wide, wide open. And if the Supreme Court is stupid enough, and I don't put it past the Chief Justice, he's got a spell over this Barrett. She's been a complete disappointment. And Kavanaugh, depending on the day, can either be a hero or a coward. It just depends. If this court rules, either by expedited decision or even through the usual appellate process, that a president's immunity for acts that he undertook as president, as president, does not follow him as ex-president. Again, we're not talking about new actions as an ex-president having immunity. Obviously, that's not the case then Joe Biden can be indicted by the next administration for anything they think he should be indicted for because the immunity of the official actions, like it or not, that he took as the time of president will no longer be protected from criminal prosecution when he's out. That's how dangerous that precedent is. But these courts are creating precedent now that can and must be applied to Joe Biden, the Democrat administrations. They must be, if we have any hope of getting our criminal justice system back. I remember many years ago, a few decades ago, there was the independent counsel statute. It was passed in 1978. Good government statute, don't you know? Barney Frank, I never, I don't know what happened to him. Carl Levin, a, a reprobate, partisan hack, both of them. 
This was their statute. And everything was being criminalized. They created a special court where independent counsel cases would go, where cases could be heard. An independent counsel was independent, literally, from the executive branch. Any oversight whatsoever could spend whatever he or she wanted. There was no way to pull it in because they were a separate entity within our constitutional construct, which clearly made it illegal. But there was only one justice, just one, when it was challenged. When the case was used against Ted Olson. Only one justice who said, no, this is unconstitutional. It was Antonin Scalia. All the other justices said it was fine. So the Democrats were having a blast. This law was being used mostly against Republicans. It was used against Ronald Reagan to try and take him out. They tried to take out my dear mentor and friend, Ed Meese, with the independent counsel statute. With him, they had two independent counsel investigations going. You know, they really despised him. One's not enough. And so you had all these independent counsel investigations going on. And then what happened? Bill Clinton came into office with his beautiful bride, Hildeberger, I mean uh, Hillary. And independent counsel investigation after independent counsel investigation, the statute had a hair trigger. This good government statute had a hair trigger. And even Janet Reno, who didn't want to do it, had to keep assigning one case after another after another for an independent counsel investigation. And she assigned most of them to the late and great, and I mean great, Ken Starr. The Democrats were outraged. This statute wasn't meant to, intended to apply to Bill Clinton. But it was. And you had a secret court. How do I know all this? Because I was lead counsel for Attorney General Meese when he left office in the Iran-Contra matter. I, as part of Landmark, but I litigated the case. I litigated in front of a secret court that was created. All kinds of abuses of power committed by the independent counsel, the use of grand jury information, and well beyond. The entire statute was unconstitutional. It was, it was un-American. So both parties finally agreed in Congress, both parties, to let the law lapse. It had a time frame to let it lapse. And it died. Because of mutual assured destruction. And I'm circling back to this decision by the D.C. Circuit the panel. That sure, you can sue Donald Trump if you make an allegation. You'll have standing. Just colorable. You don't have to have actual connections that Donald Trump caused the assault that occurred to this police officer and Donald Trump caused the assault, the assault that occurred uh, accused that this uh, member of Congress has accused uh, Trump of being involved in Sure. Okay, then the door is wide open. Anybody assaulted, anybody damaged as a result of the open border policies put in place by this president, 
I would argue, as a civil cause of action, which will destroy the Biden family and take every single penny they have. Just the nature of the beast. The Libs and the Democrats did this. Not me. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Pure Talk has you covered for the holidays with a free Moto G5G phone. No gimmicks, no trading necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gig data plan, just 35 bucks, and get the Moto G5G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones are almost gone. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two-day battery life, an exceptional quad-pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L-E-V-I-N, to claim your free Moto G5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. Joe Biden has a very bad habit that costs a lot of people their lives. Funding two sides of a war. He's doing it in Ukraine. Iran is flooded with cash. Liquidity. Because Joe Biden lifted, waived the sanctions on Iran. Iran is helping Russia fund its war against Ukraine. At the same time, we've been providing funds to Ukraine. But I want to focus on Joe Biden providing funds to terrorists in the Islamo-Nazi regime in Iran while supporting Israel with armaments and what he's doing now. Very important. I'll be back. Pure Talk has you covered for the holidays with a free Moto G5G phone. No gimmicks, no trading necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gig data plan, just 35 bucks, and get the Moto G5G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones are almost gone. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two-day battery life, an exceptional quad-pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L-E-V-I-N, to claim your free Moto G5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. Mark Levin, Liberty's General Patton. Call into the Mark Levin Show now at 877-381-3811. That would be me. All right, Mr. Producer wants me to get to get down to business here. Which I always do anyway, don't I, Mr. Producer? I think so. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden's inter-anti-Semitism is starting to sprout from every one of his pathetic pores. Even his 
his cornrows on his forehead that he had implanted many decades ago. Now he's telling Israel, I want that ground war done in three weeks. Now he's actually withholding certain armaments from Israel. He's demanding that Netanyahu either step down or get rid of some of his Orthodox Jewish partners in the, in the government coalition. He's telling the democratically elected government in Israel to dissolve itself. He is telling the Israeli people and the over half a million people, half a million Jews who live in Judea and Samaria, you must give up your ancestral homes. You must give it up to the Palestinians. And so while he's providing just enough for Israel to look like he's supporting Israel, but Israel's obviously doing all the fighting. It's lost a lot of soldiers today. If it was bombing indiscriminately, as Biden accused it, it wouldn't have lost 10 soldiers in one battle today. In order to avoid killing civilians that Hamas kills regularly. And in no time during his demands on Israel, he's demanded that Israel carve itself up. He's demanded that the Israeli government, duly elected, democratically elected, dissolve itself. He's demanded that the Israeli army not hurt a hair on a single civilian's head. And now he's withholding certain armaments from Israel. And it goes on and on and on how he's undermining the state of Israel. But he doesn't want to completely lose the Jewish vote, but he's losing a lot of the pro-Hamas vote in America. It's all about Joe Biden. It's always all about Joe Biden. He's an egomaniac. He's a moron. He's a low IQ street politician. Everybody knows it. Especially him. But at no time, at no time, has he done anything to Iran. He's withholding armaments from Israel. At the same time, he has waived oil sanctions against Iran. Iran can attack our soldiers. Iran can attack our military bases. Iran can fund Hamas to slaughter Jews. Iran can fund Hezbollah for a possible another front. Iran can fund the Houthis that are attacking our ships and trying to cut off commerce. Iran can do whatever the hell it wants to us, our men and women in uniform, or to anybody else. Iran can put out can put out a contract on our former Secretary of State to have him assassinated on the former National Security Advisor to have him assassinated. Doesn't matter. Joe Biden won't push back. Period. And he's funded them. He has literally funded them. He has rearmed the Iranians. At the same time, he's funding directly and indirectly the Islamo-Nazi regime in Iran. 
that wants a terrorist caliphate that is attacking American bases and soldiers, that has killed several thousand American soldiers in the Iraq war, that has created horrific casualties with IEDs created by Iran during the Iraq war, you see the consequences in our own country. He's blocking armaments to Israel. He's demanding that the Israeli government dissolve itself because he insists on replacing it with a government that he can control. He rejects Israel's sovereignty. He rejects Israel's government. He rejects Israel's electorate. He rejects the hundreds of thousands of Orthodox Jewish citizens in Israel. Joe Biden's inner anti-Semitism has now reached the surface. Anybody who will just look will see it. Menachem Begin saw it in that confrontation he had with Senator Biden. It's there. Self-hating Jews don't want you to use the phrase self-hating Jews. And if you call self-hating Jews, self-hating Jews, they will call you an anti-Semite. This is the trick that CNN tried to pull and the White House tried to pull. But Alan Dershowitz and I, David Schoen and I, and scores and scores of American Jews know exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about Antony Blinken. We're talking about George Soros. We're talking about Thomas Friedman. I'm talking about Jake Tapper. And there are many, many more. Now that doesn't excuse the Jew haters who are not Jewish. That's not my point. But when you look around Biden, as you looked around Obama, you have a a very diverse group of Israel haters and anti-Semites and Iran lovers. Obama had them. Biden has the same crew. Mali, although he's under investigation now. Blinken. Sullivan. And many more. Obama himself. Biden himself. Biden was never a great supporter of Israel. All those decades in the Senate... We had a great relationship. We never agreed on a damn thing, but we were friendly. He hates Netanyahu because Netanyahu is the Churchill of Israel. He's not going to sell out his country. It's happened too often. And you can see the New York Times relentlessly attacking, attacking Netanyahu and that government. Joe Scarborough, who doesn't know his ass from a you-know-what, Constantly attacking Netanyahu and that government and the Orthodox Jews in Judea and Samaria. Guy's a bigot in my view. Scarborough's a bigot. That's just my opinion. I just listen to what he says and his obsession with certain individuals as a way of expressing his hatred. Thomas Friedman is basically the advisor to Joe Biden in his columns and personally. And Thomas Friedman is a self-hater 
who is aligned with these radical left-wing organizations, front groups that Soros has created, Noam Chomsky has created. There's another one. It is what it is, America. I call them as I see it. That's what I see. Just like the surveys that are out there. One Arab, one Palestinian, even though Palestinians are Arabs. Nonetheless, one self-identifies as an Arab organization. Another one is a Palestinian organization. Both of them independently surveying scientifically Palestinians that live in the Gaza Strip and Judea and Samaria and beyond 75 to 80 percent today support what happened on October 7th over 80 percent support Hamas similar numbers when it comes to destroying the state of Israel from the river to the sea similar numbers I'm not supposed to mention that. Why wouldn't I mention that? I don't have to go along with CNN, Hamas's favorite network. In fact, one of the reasons Hamas slaughters its own people or puts its own people in harm's way to be quote-unquote collateral damage is because of CNN. CNN has blood on its hands for the way it reports. So does MSNBC and the New York Times. These things go on in order to influence the Democrats dressed up as reporters and guests and journalists and contributors on those two cable networks in the New York Times and in the Washington Post. How do we know? They do it every damn time. That's how we know. How is it that Joe Biden isn't held to account for any of this? Hamas didn't attack Israel when Trump was president. The Houthis didn't attack us when Trump was president. Trump put them on the terrorist list. Biden comes in and takes the Houthis off the terrorist list. This insane so-called foreign policy. And Biden's not held to account for anything. For any of the attacks on the American military... For any of the deaths in Gaza, for any of the deaths in Israel, and yet he has blood on his hands. And so what does he do? Doing typical Biden cowardice? He blames the victim. It's Israel, it's the Jews, it's Netanyahu. If they'd only listen to what I say, you know, Biden, if they would only do what I tell them to do, there'd be peace in our time. He's worse than Neville Chamberlain. As I said, Chamberlain didn't help fund the Nazis. Biden is funding the modern-day Nazis. He funds both sides of wars, all sides of wars. This man needs to be impeached. I'll be right back. Mark Pure Talk has you covered for the holidays with a free Moto G5G phone. No gimmicks, no trading necessary. Just sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, unlimited text, 15 gig data plan, just 35 bucks, and get the Moto G5G phone free. But here's the deal. You need to move fast because these phones are almost gone. So if your current phone is on life support, upgrade for free with Pure Talk. Enjoy two-day battery life, an exceptional quad-pixel camera, and a whole lot more. Just 
Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, to get this exclusive offer and to select the plan that's right for your family. Remember, Pure Talk gives you America's most dependable 5G network at half the price. So make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's slash L-E-V-I-N, to claim your free Moto G 5G phone with qualifying plan. Again, puretalk.com slash Levin, Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. Isn't it amazing? I've been giving this a lot of thought to. They talk about MAGA Republicans, Biden, CNN, MSNBC, uh, reprobate Republicans turned Democrats, reprobate Republicans turned, well, still Republican, MAGA as if they're Nazis. Everybody who supports Trump, Dizzy Lizzie, anybody who supports Trump, Kingsinger, the media, you might as well be wearing white robes and dress up like Democrats of old. But don't you dare, dare cite a scientific survey, not just one, but two, that demonstrate conclusively that the overwhelming vast majority of Palestinians in Gaza and Judea and Samaria are Jew-hating, anti-Semite racists. That's what the polling shows. I challenge any media outlet, every media outlet, this coming Sunday, your reprobate hosts, both surveys, with the graphs. Show them to the American people. Show them to the world. Discuss the findings. Explain who conducted the surveys. Do it. Or are you just going to sit there and talk about MAGA? Frauds and phonies and fakes. And they were in the 30s and 40s, which helped lead to the Holocaust. When we got the Holocaust, they covered it up. Virtually every damn news outlet at the time. And their great hero, Franklin Roosevelt, wanted them to cover it up. We've been here before. This is the stench of the 1930s and 40s. This is the stench of the Democrat Party, the skunks. Everywhere they go. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. 
now, broadcasting from, from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Does anybody know where Michelle Obama is, Mr. Producer? Ever since October 7th, we don't hear from her. Her pearls of wisdom, her profundity, her feminism, her Me Tooism. Ever since Jews have been slaughtered, like Genghis Khan rolling through Europe, the women and the girls raped violently, tortured, shot in their genitalia, we haven't heard from St. Michelle Obama. Not a word. I've been looking for her holding a poster, you know. Hashtag me too. I have one. Hashtag where are you? And of course, the incuriosity of the media is to be expected. After all, her big stupid Marxist husband, Barack Melhouse Benito Obama, he's all in with Hamas. As I said a decade ago, a true anti-Semite, and he is, with his buddy Khalidi, the gang he used to hang out with. You remember them, don't you? How dare you, Mark? How dare I what? Speak the truth? This is why they hate me, America, and I hate them, so it doesn't matter. You know, I decided a long time ago, I told my family, but I remember telling my mother and father in particular early on, even before I was a radio host, just in the things I did, duking it out with the left, whether it was legally or politically or what have you. I, we have one life to live on this earth. That's my belief. Now, there's a lot of theories and religious beliefs about what happens after you die, but flesh and blood, while I'm on this earth, I want to make a difference for my fellow Americans my fellow human beings. And I want to protect my family and my progeny. And I don't want to be on my deathbed, assuming I can still think for myself, saying to myself, you dumb bastard. You compromised on fundamental values and beliefs fundamental principles when you didn't have to on this limited precious time you have on earth why the hell did you do it was it worth it i'm not talking about legislation or you know compromising with a family i'm not talking about that i'm talking about the big stuff this runs through my mind all the time I am blessed by God. I am blessed by you folks to be here. I owe what I am and where I am to you, my audience. Not to any radio station owner, not to any GM, not to any of that. To you. Period. I don't know why you like me. You listen, you watch. 
in this time slot on radio used to be considered dead air. Can't compete with sports. You can't compete with the home life. You can't compete. You can't. But we're the longest, best rated, syndicated show in this time slot in the history of radio. I love other hosts, but none of those hosts are up against what you're up against from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Dinner. Most people are home from rush hour. They've had enough. You don't want to hear it anymore. There's a sporting event or a sporting team or something else going on. That's what I compete against. In this time slot, and nobody else competes against it. Sometimes in some cities like New York, we have two, two teams going at it at the same time. There's college sports going on. You know it. Then there are people like Barack Obama who thinks he's, got, he's God's gift. I call people like him Marxist grifters. Marxist grifters. They embrace Marxism. They even embrace, in his case, Islamicism in many respects. And yet, they're worth hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. That is, they attack the very country, the very founding principles, the very governing document, the very economic system that made it possible for Barack Obama to thrive and a Michelle Obama to thrive, for LeBron James to thrive, and not just minorities, white people too. And yet people become worth hundreds of millions of dollars. LeBron James is worth a billion. There are many multi-billionaires like a Soros and so forth who hate our country. And yet they're grifters. They can never make enough money. They think they're worth what they earn and 10 times more. They don't care where the money comes from, communist China through Nike or whatever. It doesn't matter to them. While they preach civil liberties, while they pretend to be civil rights activists and mouthpieces, they're frauds, phonies, and fools. They're grifters, Marxist grifters. I have nothing but contempt for LeBron James, who walks into a stadium where his son's playing basketball, draws the spotlight toward himself, not toward his son, sits on his ass in the middle of the national anthem. Ask that athlete whose name I can't remember, ask her what it was like being in a dungeon in Russia, in Putin's Russia. Ask her. Ask her why she doesn't sit anymore when the national anthem is played. Ask her. And LeBron James obviously doesn't hang out around many veterans. Wounded warriors, tunnels to tow- tunnel to towers. He obviously hasn't visited many military cemeteries. Headstone after headstone after headstone after headstone. Of 18-year-olds, 20-year-olds, 25, 30-year-olds, 35-year-olds. They went to war. 
so he could be a Marxist grifter. It is amazing to me that people have the means to leave this country and go somewhere else would rather stay here and trash it because they're hypocrites. That's the whole point of my phrase, a Marxist grifter. In many ways, they're psychopaths. And they have different personalities depending on the issue. They're Marxists, civil rights leaders, quote-unquote, although how and why, I don't know. And on the other hand, they're filthy rich. Go to Arlington National Cemetery, LeBron James. You walk those rows of dead Americans, including thousands who died during the Civil War to end slavery. You walk those rows, one after another after another. You understand that the vast majority of the people are men. The vast majority of the people are white men. The vast majority of the people are Christian white men. Obviously not all of them, but the vast majority of them those are privileged white men, you think so? You think they're privileged? They're dead. You don't even have the class. And I say this to you specifically, James, as I do to the Obamas, but specifically to you, James, to show them any respect. Because it's all about you. You're an egomaniac. Only in America does some guy bouncing around a basketball become a billionaire and is treated like royalty and has multiple homes and servants and butlers and Lamborghinis and Rolls Royces and then pretends to be a civil rights leader, pretends, trashes his own country. Go to Arlington National Cemetery LeBron James, walk those rows one after another and understand something. When you were getting a multi-million dollar contract, they were going to war. None of them, none of them ever earned one one thousandth of a percent of what you earn. Never lived in the kind of luxury that you live in. But they fought so you could and you sit on your ass during the national anthem. I despise you. I will always despise you. I don't care. They treat you like a demigod over there at ESPN, one host after another. Oh, he's the greatest. You're not the greatest to me. I don't give a damn how many points you score. means nothing to me. Life and death. Life and death. That's what you see at Arlington Cemetery. That's what you see on a battlefield. That's what you see when red-blooded Americans of all colors, of all backgrounds, of all faiths, go to war, volunteer, so you can sit your ass down in the middle of the national anthem. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. It's always a pleasure to have our buddy Chip Roy with us. Chip Roy, how are you, sir? Mark, I'm doing great, buddy. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great. I need you to help be a messenger for me and my audience a little bit. Before you say <laughs> yes, I want you to hear me out. Yeah. Joe Biden has 
committed unequivocally impeachable offenses when it comes to the border. He has violated his oath of office. He's violated the take care clause of the Constitution. It's as bright as day. You don't need hearings. You don't need depositions. You don't need subpoenas. Joe Biden has violated separation of powers. He has seized the power of the purse from the House of Representatives by forgiving half a trillion dollars in student loans from the Treasury. Even the Supreme Court said he didn't have the power to do that under separation of powers, but he went around the court and around Congress and did it. And number three, Joe Biden is literally funding our enemy in Iran. He's the commander in chief. And he put waivers on all those sanctions that Trump had in place, the biggest of all, involving oil. He rearmed Iran, which rearmed Hamas, the Houthis. They are attacking American soldiers. He's not doing anything about it. We've never had a president in American history who armed our enemy. So I, I understand all the laptop stuff and the accounts and the wash through. But I challenge members of Congress, you go home and you ask people, who is Devin Archer? People don't know who Devin Archer is. You go home and you ask people, what do you think about what's going on the border? What do you think about that student loan forgiveness? What do you think about us funding Iran? They will understand that. Those are impeachable offenses. That is a high crime under 17th and 18th cent, uh, uh, century English common law. So I'm asking you, my brother, why aren't we prioritizing this in a way that we will actually be able to effectively achieve the goal, which is to impeach a man who has violated multiple parts of the Constitution and the American people understand it and support it. What do you say to that? Well, Mark, first of all, I couldn't agree more. Um, and I think the answer to your question, unfortunately, is that there are a number of my colleagues on the Republican side of the aisle who uh, take a view of high crimes and misdemeanors that you and I would disagree with. Um, they take a narrow view of it. Uh, rather than understanding that when a president or, for example, his secretaries, like Secretary Mayorkas, who violate their oath to the Constitution, who, as you said, do not uh, follow the take care clause of the Constitution, to take care of the laws faithfully executed, who do all the things you just described, who endanger the American people, that all of these things are, in fact, as the framers intended, high crimes and misdemeanors. We have at least, I don't know, I don't know what the number is, probably up, up to 10 certainly a handful of members who have stipulated that they don't believe those are high crimes and misdemeanors. They say, oh, you've got to convict, you have to commit a crime and so forth. The history does not bear that out. Some of my colleagues say, oh, that's a maladministration chip. That's not one. That is not maladministration. They're blatantly ignoring their duty. They're purposely doing it. They're endangering the American people. The president of the United States is doing that intentionally. Wide open borders, fentanyl pouring in, killing our kids. They're not doing what they're supposed to do. They're funding our enemies in Hamas. They're funding Iran. These are all things you and I know. But they say, oh, no, but Chip, that's not actually with him. That's just maladministration. You just don't like what he's doing. No, he's not following his oath. So I'm with you. Because of that, we are, of course, trying to make the case, uh, which I think we can, of the rampant corruption that we're dealing with with respect to Hunter Biden. But I'm with you. I think these are I think these are impeachable offenses. I think they're nakedly impeachable offenses. And if we don't start doing that, we're just giving our country away, hiding behind these hyper-technical, uh, wrong-headed definitions of high crimes and misdemeanors. Maladministration, we know that that was suggested and shot down at the Constitutional Convention. How is maladministration the intentional violation 
of every single effective immigration law, the consequences being death, rapes, selling children into slavery, the overwhelming of our cities and towns, that's not maladministration. That is a high crime. If that's not a high crime, there's no such thing as a high crime. That's number one. Every president who's been impeached in the past was not impeached for a financial offense. They were impeached because they didn't uphold their oath. Now, you cannot seize the power of the purse from the House of Representatives and give away half a trillion dollars without any authority whatsoever and call that maladministration. That's an intentional violation of the Constitution. You cannot be funding our enemy by lifting by lifting sanctions, by giving them waivers, which they're now using the money to attack American soldiers and call that maladministration. That is insane. So are there not at least enough chairmen who are now looking at this? What about Jordan? What about Comer? What about the other guy? I can't remember him over there at the tax committee. He can't, but the impeachment resolution that I read, and you can correct me, Chip, if I'm wrong, but I read it, is broad enough where you can bring up other issues. So I'm not saying it should exclude, obviously, selling the vice president's office, which he did. I'm talking about these other issues that have a direct impact on society and the people of this country. Can't they at least begin inquiries into that, too? Because I'm not seeing it. The reason this is so critically important, and, and, and what's interesting, your listeners should know, you and I haven't, talked about this. We haven't pre-gamed this out, but I could not agree with you more. And it's important and it's critical because it goes to the core of what's happening to our country, that we're losing our country by the second, by virtue of the complete punt by the Congress of our powers to the executive branch, sitting back and just letting him roll right over the Constitution, blatantly disregarding our Article One powers, using the Article Two powers completely inappropriately. The student loan process is a perfect, perfectly good example, but there's countless other examples, right? All right, I have to, I have to take a break. Indulge me if you can. Hold on. I want to carry over the break if you're here, if you're able to be here. The great Chip Roy. We'll be right back. Mark Levin, the funder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. We're here with our buddy Chip Roy. You know, Chip, I know you understand this, but the whole idea of separation of powers is that each of the three branches would jealously guard their own authority. Now, the Democrats have gotten around that because they don't care about separation of powers of the Constitution, so they're happy to throw in with a radical court or a radical president, violate separation of powers, and do all that stuff. But it is absolutely unacceptable that Republicans throw in with a Democrat who is destroying the country by violating our immigration laws, who is destroying the country by spending like a drunken Marxist, including this student loan fiasco, and who is arming the enemy of the United States that is attempting to kill American soldiers in that theater over there. If they don't stand up to Joe Biden, then there's nothing that can, right? No, Mark, you're exactly right. I mean, and let's go through a couple of them. You've talked about some of the key ones, right? But we're talking about the border where they're blatantly misusing the parole powers and asylum powers. There's supposed to be exceptions to leave our border wide open and exposed, killing Americans. They're using 
the blatant dis, uh, abuse of power to uh, allow student loan forgiveness under emergency powers, a blatant abuse of power, abortion tourism, the Department of Defense, blatant disregard of the text of the law. How about all of their energy policies? Solar panel mandates using the Defense Production Act, a blatant abuse of power. Mandates now for electric vehicle mandates by 2032, two-thirds of the American fleet, driving up the cost of every American's cars, driving up inflation, making us more dependent on China, all using abuse of power. And the problem is, is our Republican colleagues are not standing up and fighting. We continue to fund this government, fund this president. We refuse to use the impeachment power to strip the president of this abuse of power. And it's a mistake just today. We yet again allowed a major bill to move off the floor, sent to the president with, with a, uh, more Democratic votes than Republican votes off of the floor of the House with the National Defense Authorization Act with a FISA extension to continue to allow the abuse of FISA authority uh, without checking it, reforming it. We did the same thing with the continuing resolution in December, a continuing resolution in October. The so-called Fiscal Responsibility Act last May all had more Democrat votes than Republican votes. We are not holding this administration accountable. That needs to change. I hope Speaker Johnson, coming into the new year, will realize we need to use our powers to check Biden to take our country back. The problem you have in the Republicans in the House, let's be honest, you live and work there. You don't have a functioning majority. That's your problem. You simply don't. The party is too divided. You've got majority of rhinos. You've got a, uh, a significant number of members from the base, but it's not a governing majority. And so that's why primaries yeah, right, are Mark. important. Go ahead. No, that, that's exactly right, Mark. We, we don't, but we're trying to work on it. I mean, I will say this, and you and I agreed on this. We were trying to work through last year. We did a lot of great things. We got a good border bill done. We got a good national defense bill done because we were working the system. We were working with Kevin to get it done. I disagreed with the motion to vacate in September. Now we've got Mike. He's a good man. But now we're dealing with the normal powers that be coming in and saying, hey, we know how to do this. We'll get this done. And now it's this uniparty in Washington who are trying to call the shots. We need conservatives to stand up, work with Mike, and we need to advance an agenda early this year to hold spending in check. We need to hold the president accountable. You're right. Jim and Jamie and all of us, we need to hold Biden accountable, not just with these laptops and Hunter Biden stuff. I mean, it's all there. It's bad. It's corruption. We need to pursue it. We know that they're up to their neck in corruption and the money's flowing into the Biden family. We can pursue that. But you're right. It's bigger than that. It's an abuse of power. We need to pursue that, cut spending, force them to secure the damn border, and then get, to, you know, get busy doing what we can do to get Ron DeSantis or Don, Donald Trump elected president next year. That's interesting you bring that up. You know, I didn't think much of it. Nikki Haley, I didn't know much about her. She's governor of South Carolina. Okay, great. Uh, she was pretty good UN ambassador, but they pretty much just give speeches. And um, then she turns on DeSantis and the Republican legislature yeah. that's duking it out with Disney and says, oh, they can come here. Then you start, and that's what turned me on her. And then you start to look at her record. She's taken five positions on every subject. When it comes to China, she was slobbering all over Xi. She wrote a, a love letter to Xi. She's giving them land in South Carolina. And then she claims she's tough on them. Even most recently, war breaks out with Hamas, and she's talking about 
we should allow Palestinians to immigrate to the United yeah. States. Are, are we out of our minds? And now she's backed by all these billionaire uniparty types, Democrats who want to use her to go after Trump. And, and I'm going, and now they're the Republicans, the establishment in Washington is now circling the wagons. Coke is throwing in. They're all throwing in behind Nikki Haley. Am I missing something? Not at all. And we just saw her just last week, you know, talking about how, oh, you know, we don't want to have, you know, the government getting involved with these, you know, uh, transgender surgeries or what it's like. Were you kidding me? We've got like, child mutilation going on and we shouldn't be involved in protecting children. I mean, look, you know, you talked about the Palestinians, you talked about the Chinese deals, the land deals, and then trying to get Disney to, to South Carolina. It's absurd. And and yes, the establishment circling the wagons because they like to do that. They want their their, you know, safe places. But here's what's really important. You know, Donald Trump, we know what he'll do. He comes to D.C., he takes on the establishment, you know, and they bit back. Governor DeSantis, we know what he'll do, what he did in Florida. You know, I support Governor DeSantis. I would support either of them. Governor DeSantis is my first choice. Here's what you need to know about Governor DeSantis out to your listeners. He told establishment donors to pound sand. They were offering, they were saying, we're going to give you a lot of money to a super PAC this last spring if you will back away from abortion in Florida. He told them to pound sand because he's a man of character and conviction, and he's the governor of Florida, and he said, we're going to stand for life. That's the kind of people we want in Washington and the White House. That's why I support, support Governor DeSantis. That's why I think uh, it's a mistake for the uh, people to get fooled by this uh, you know, latest rush to Governor Haley. I think, it's, it's a, I think it'll fizzle. But boy, this is their like their their big stand. The Wall Street Journal editorial page, the Peggy Noonan types, the Carl Rove type, you know, the usual characters, the Bushies and the Ford types that actually really never supported Reagan. Even Peggy Noonan was a writer with Dan Dan Rather. She came on board late, but you wouldn't know it if you listen to her. It's really amazing. And you might recall while we're talking about this, Chip Roy, a couple of decades ago. The Wall Street Journal wrote an editorial, and they had a proposal that we amend our Constitution, and they said five words. You remember this? The borders shall be open. Did you know that? Yep. Yep, I do remember that. The borders... The Wall Street Journal... Yeah. Yeah, no, it's extraordinary. The Wall Street Journal and the Chamber of Commerce crowd for two decades, they wanted us to have open borders in pursuit of cheap labor, ignoring the extent to which in this, in this world that's closing in, where we would be endangered. And exactly what is happening now with cartels, China, wide open borders, and the abuse of our borders, now we're suffering the consequences of that because that crowd wanted to be able to push for cheap labor. And instead, they're killing the Americans, killing American jobs, destroying our schools, destroying, destroying our hospitals, making us unsecure, attracting terrorists, making it to where FARC and other terrorists can come across our borders, fentanyl pouring in and killing our kids, all because they wanted to sort of, oh, we'll feel good, aren't we? You know, we're the open, welcoming society. Yes, if you follow our laws, if you come here to become American, if you learn English, if you figure out how to, you know, learn our values, Western civilization values, instead of allowing all sorts of, of folks to come here and change what we've done that has led the world. Without America, there, we don't have... Of a world that is growing and, and is spreading the, the great blessings of prosperity that we've done through the sacrifices of the people who bled and died for this country. And yet we're just turning it over. I mean, Mark, 10,600 people came across the border and got encountered yesterday, 12,000 last Tuesday. I know. Let me ask you a question. It's kind of a personal question. I'm going to ask you on the air. It's the yeah. holiday. Do you remember the first time we met or spoke? I'm trying to remember. Do you remember? 
Oh, man. I, I think what it was was when I was working for Governor Perry and uh, was getting ready to write uh, a book for Governor Perry or with him, I should say. And I wanted your advice. And I, I got a mutual friend connected us. And you were kind enough. I'd worked in, in conservative politics. You were kind enough to connect me and give me advice about what to do and how to write it. And then we, we built our friendship then when I went then to Then we hit it off. From then, so, yep. And uh, I want the audience to know you went through life-threatening cancer. And, uh, and you beat it, right? Yeah, I mean, Lord willing, I'm not going to whatever here. Uh, you know, I was blessed to go to MD Anderson. And I had a little side note on that. I went to MD Anderson. I was able to get care. Today, as a member of Congress, I would be on Obamacare, and as one of my constituents who's fighting cancer right now, she's a wonderful woman. I just spent Thanksgiving weekend with her. She is now unable to go to MD Anderson because she's on Obamacare, like I would be on as a member of Congress. She can't go to MD Anderson because, quote, you know, even though she's covered, they're not a part of the network. What the hell kind of coverage is that? That's what these liberals have done. And so, you know, I, as a cancer survivor, believe very much in having the opportunity to go get the kind of care I was able to get at MD Anderson, the great cancer hospital. And we've messed up our friggin' healthcare system so bad that someone I love and care about, one of my constituents, she's a dear friend now. I've met her since I ran for office. Um, she can't go there. And we're trying to get her treatment and help. We're trying to support her. But that's, it just makes me so mad what we've done to the hardworking middle class in this country who can't afford cars, can't afford houses, can't afford health care, can't send their kids to a school where they won't be indoctrinated, can't trust their government to secure their borders, can't trust their government not to bankrupt you know, our country with spending we, we, you know, with money we don't have. And it's just killing me. And I'm sitting in Congress going, why the hell are we here? We're letting Democrats run the show. It's also amazing if you dare to question Obamacare and say, I'll replace with something better, which is what Governor DeSantis has said. Oh, you want right. to take health care away from people. It's amazing the way the media twist all this stuff, isn't it? No, because what we want to do is provide a place where you can get health care instead of having basically insurance run, insurance managed, government regulated health coverage that doesn't allow you to go to the doctor of your choice. I was just talking to some entrepreneurs in Austin today about what they're doing to drive down the price of care with direct primary care. Go to the doctor of your choice with insurance uh, products that allow you to share across uh, not just like health sharing ministries that are church. Right? This is actually a, a market driven deal where you can have health accounts and share across that and go into the market and buy health and uh, health uh, care. And it drives the prices down. Our government doesn't want you to have that choice. Our government wants to control your life. They want to control your speech. They want to control everything about how we live. And you know what? We're going to win. I'm sounding a little negative about my frustration in Washington. We're going to win, Mark, because of people like Riley Gaines, who stood up and said, you know what? I am a girl, and I want to swim against girls. Or Chloe Cole, who stood up. I was forced to be detransitioned, or to be transitioned, and I'm trying to transition back to being a woman because I don't buy into all that nonsense. And mm -hmm. she stood up and testified. Or Scott Smith out in Loudoun County. You're very familiar with that because you know that area well. Scott Smith stood up to the bureaucrats and the prosecutor, the Commonwealth's attorney there. People like that are going to save our country. People like Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump, people like the, in the Freedom Caucus, handful of conservatives in the Senate. No one should lose heart, especially this time of year in the holiday season, right, brother. whether you're Jewish during Hanukkah or you know celebrating the birth of Christ. We're going to take this country back because of the greatness of this country and the people in it. And men like you. God bless you. And have a wonderful Christmas. Best to your family, too. God bless you, my friend. Love you guys. Take care. Love you, too. Take care of yourself. Good man.
Be right back. Mark Lovin. I want to remind you, because people ask me all the time, and I honestly don't do it enough. We have a podcast. It's one of the biggest podcasts in the world. It takes this radio show, and it puts it on the podcast platforms. So in addition to AM and FM radio, in addition to satellite radio, and we love them all, all of them, you can listen to the podcast. Go to MarkLevinShow.com. Hello, MarkLevinShow.com. Click on the audio rewind at the top and pick your favorite podcast platform. It's that simple. Or let me give you an option. Go to your favorite podcast platform, Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, so forth, and search Mark Levin Show and subscribe for free. And now you can also find my full podcast, interviews, specials. We've put together an entire YouTube channel just for you. How do you get to that? And by the way, the numbers are already skyrocketing. Go to YouTube.com at Mark Levin Show. Wow, that's complicated. Simple. YouTube.com at Mark Levin Show. Or even simpler, search Mark Levin Show on YouTube. It's all right there. We've got the mothership, the website, marklevinshow.com. We've got the podcast. We have terrestrial radio. We have satellite radio. We have direct, direct links to live broadcasting, live streaming. Well, we salute all you heroes out there. We stand with all our brothers and sisters all over the world and here when we stand together. And I'll see you tomorrow. God willing, America. God bless each and every one of you. Have a good night.